Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Small Over podcast, the podcast that gives you all the news and views of this week's rugby action, all with a West Country accent, my lover. There's not going to be an introduction this week. You know what this is. I'm Adam, Rich, Pat, Mark, you're all here. Hi, how are we all? Good. All right. That's better, isn't it? Not having to say who we are. <laughs> uh, you know who, if you're listening to this, it says on your screen, on your device, what this is. We don't have to tell you. We don't have to tell you where to find us on Facebook or Twitter or say what accent we do this in or any other nonsense like that, do we? I always, I always find it odd when people say that where all the all the pod places that you can download this podcast that you've already downloaded via a pod place. Probably listening to. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, you're treating the listeners like idiots. That's that's all you're doing. You say we respect our listeners here at at Long Long Snap Podland. (laughs) You, you guys, you're 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 the best. You're the best. I mean. This is essentially just complimenting, com- complimenting ourselves when we listen back tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I I know at least one other person listens, and that's that's enough to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, here we are. It is. We've had two weeks of the NFL. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from us. You're going to get finely tuned, honed insight throughout the podcast, and um, we're going to bring all that to you. We're going to bring all the usual stuff, obviously. That that in, that intro was more interesting than the early slate of games in week two. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit lackluster, but it got more than made up for later on. Um, and the, some of the prime side games we've had have been absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. e- even the ones featuring terrible teams. Um, you know, Thursday, Thursday night football. Um, we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to some of that. We might just talk about the Broncos for an hour. Who honestly knows? Can, can we not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, I, no, I, that's fair. I don't know that I've watched any of the other early slate games yet, or not. Not any that I didn't have to do reviews don't. of. Um, mostly because I was just swearing my way through the Niners Eagles game, which was painful. I mean, it, it must be painful being two and zero, Rich. Um, <laughs> uh, it must be must, must be awful for you to to go through that. Um, we'll we'll come to this stuff. Obviously, a quiz we're going to start with. Um, we haven't done this yet. This might be the worst quiz we've ever done, and you might hate me. Um, it might be good fun. I think this might be a little bit up Pat Street, but we'll see. Um, and when I say the word, I'm probably going to get groans. Um, but we have got some anagrams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this would be up your street. God. Um, it's just, a, I've got a dozen anagrams. They are all anagrams of one of the league's 32 starting quarterbacks. Well, I was going to tell you right now, in case there's any controversy, one or two words in these might be phonetically spelled rather than how the word <laughs> is spelled. So they're not anagrams then? Yeah, oh, they, are, they are absolutely anagrams, but... You know, a, a word that might be spelt with a just sound could be a J or a G. You know, that you know. I mean, I'm not. I, they are all actual anagrams of the players' full names. So, buzzers for this one. You'll be frozen out if you get it wrong. Um, but point for each correct answer. Are you ready? I won't need to explain the rules a second time because Craig's not here. Perfect. Um, your first anagram is match mark poise. 
Yes, Pat. What the Patrick fuck? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is correct. What Do the you... actual fuck? <laughs> I hadn't even finished writing it down. <laughs> oh, this is... Yeah, I think if you're writing it down, you're probably doing this wrong. Uh, but you've got yourself out if you think that's your best way of winning. Or should we just give Pat his music now? Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> we can get it that quickly. Oh, my God. Let's see what happens. Right, next up. Arm by Dot. Rich. Yes, Rich. Aaron Rodgers. Incorrect. You're frozen out. Pat. Yes, Pat. Matt Stafford. No. <laughs> Should have thought about that more. Mark, you want to have a go? I mean, write write the letters down if you like. What? Arm what? By dot. There's Arm not by... many eyes in that stuff. I was just trying to guess so quickly that uh, Pat can get in there. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, no, no idea. Okay, that was. It was pretty obscure, I'll admit, but that was Tom Brady. Uh, next, I don't want to think about him. Uh... Next question. Majorly Gimp Who? <laughs> I told you you'd love this. Pat. Yes, Pat was first. Jimmy Garoppolo. Correct. I well done. Say that, I had one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Has no gel. Rich. Yes, Rich. Jameis Winston is wrong, but it's what I go with. Yes. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> In your defence, I have spelt gel with a J here. That was literally the only thing I was going on. But other, other than that, there's no defence at all. Has no gel. Anyone else? few letters. Yeah. Any idea? Oh, so I'll put you out of your misery. Um, oh, no. No, I'm going to put you out of your misery. That's long enough. Um, that is, you may have heard of him, Josh Allen. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> All right, next up, Even Rot Crawler. Even Rot Crawler. Crawler? Crawl, crawl as in crawl along the ground. Crawler. I mean, I could spell these if you like. E V E N R O T C R A W L E R. Anybody? No. It was Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is funny. I, I, this is I did this quite a while ago, and I haven't written down the answers. I put initials of the answers. <laughs> and I'm looking at the next one, and I'm not sure who it is. Hopefully, it'll come to me. Um, <laughs> makeable if dry. If dry. Rich. Yes, Rich. Make Mayfield. Yes. Well done. That matches the initials I've written down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> next up. Oh, I really don't know who this is. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, Fed Fog Jar. Rich. Mark. Pat, I think, was first. Jared Goff. Well, correct. Well done. You are up to three points. Okay. Waterbed, edgy, dirt. Hmm. I thought this one was easy, but... That's a very fair thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Waterbed edgy dirt. Edgy dirt. Yeah. Couple more seconds. Rich. Rich. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Correct. Well done. There you go. You're pulled. So you pulled to within one of Pat. Right. Next one. Gonad or Razor? Anybody? Has Mark's internet frozen? Or is he just got no, no idea? Still... It's hard to tell. Gonad or Razor is an anagram of Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let's try Man Jack's Oral. Pat. Yes, Pat. Lamar Jackson. Correct. Well uh, done, by anyway. the way, the secret answer to the previous question is definitely Gonad. <laughs> also, it's Razor with an S. It's a poetic license here. They are definitely all anagrams. Right, two more. Misjoin as Newt. Rich. Yes. James Winston. Correct. You have pulled back to within a point of Pat. Um, can you equalise with this last one? Packed trots. Cut this atmosphere with a knife. Any ideas? I mean, have a guess. I think Mark might have actually frozen. <laughs> it's fine. He was sharing this game anyway. <laughs> oh, he's left. He's, he's angry enough to have left the podcast. It has actually gone, and it will have no effect on the outcome of this. Um, I'm going to give five seconds. words again. Act trots. I put P in it, so I was struggling there. Five, four, three, two, one, and. Oh, just in time. I don't know, I'm guessing it's Carson Wentz now. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere near, but. Um, (laughs) The panicked panicked attempt to draw level. (laughs) Uh, You are. Well, you're going to come second. Uh, Pat doesn't need to answer. You have one with four points. That was Dak Prescott, if you were wondering. Um, some well-earned music there, Pat. Well done. Great, Pat. I think it's fair to say we'll never do an anagram quiz again. Right, let's move on to the Steve Brains Anytime Touchdown Corner. We did quite well last week. I think, was it four out of six? Three? It was. It was. Um, only let down by... Some officiating on the Julio <laughs> touchdown, I'm going to say. Not by Julio himself. Um, and Mark Mark lets down by Emmanuel Sanders not scoring, despite the fact that I think someone else picked him. Yeah, that was Rich's pick. But yeah, you're right. My, 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 my fault. Buffalo's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. your fault. Your yes. fault. Nobody else's. Don't blame Buffalo. Don't blame Sanders. Don't blame anybody but yourself. Just just own it, Mark. Um, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Works. Sorry. Um, Owning it's not working very well, just, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Neither is a plus two mentality. Well, there you go. Yes. Um, um, As a bit of a nod to a chat he had on the podcast last week, we got, well, deep's not the right word. We never get deep. Um, But um, Craig was talking about the the narrative about running quarterbacks um, and black quarterbacks and how how things are perceived. Um, so with, with that in mind, we're all going to pick a quarterback to rush for a touchdown this week on the, the Steve Rains Anytime Touchdown Corner bet. Um, a couple of a couple of us who obviously aren't here. Craig has picked... Uh, who has Craig picked? 
uh, he's picked his own quarterback, Zach Wilson, um, for the Jets against the Broncos. Uh, Russ has gone with Daniel Jones for some reason, and the Giants are playing <laughs> the Falcons. Uh, Rich, who have you picked? I've gone with Baker Mayfield, who loves trying to punch it in himself when he's got much better options. <laughs> he kind of sometimes does, to be fair. Um, Mark, this is this is going to get predictable, isn't it? I'm going to go with uh, my one true love, unless it's presented in anagram format. Has no gel. <laughs> Has no gel. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the wonderful in, wonderful in shorts, Mr. Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh well, obviously. Um, I've got to go for Ryan Tannehill. Um, given everything everything we've just said, um, I'm setting you up, Pat, to not pick Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but it's entirely up to you. I'm absolutely not going to pick Trevor Lawrence. I'm going <laughs> to pick um, the terrified of ghosts man himself, Samuel Darnold. Oh, nice. Who who the Cardinals got? Not that it matters because he's going to score anyway. The Cardinals. <laughs> I meant the Panthers. What am I talking about? That that went well. The, the, uh, the Panthers have got Houston, so he's got every chance. Exactly. Oh, that's Thursday night, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, which complicates the admin of the bet, but we'll get around that. That's fine. Plus, plus he can be his only blocker with his massive face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a while since we talked about um, Sam's massive face, isn't it? Sam, Sam Matterface. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Matterface. Jesus. Oh, dear. Uh, how how to deflate someone's mood? Um, just say just say Sam Matterface. That'll do it. Right. Just to recap, that is Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Sam Darnold. Six athletics athletic quarterbacks who are going to score a touchdown this week um, for the bet. Five and but, Daniel Jones, you mean? <laughs> well, to be fair, if he's got one skill, it's being athletic. Um, <laughs> yes, certainly not holding on to at, the football. Good at falling over when given a clear run for a touchdown. It's just, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> so good. Um, all right, then week two in the NFL, we had, well, we've, every team has obviously played two games now. Um, four of them have played two at home, four of them have played two away. 24 teams have played one at home and one on the road. Seven teams are 2-0, and oh, seven teams are 0-2. Oh Lots of symmetry going on. Um, we have whatever the rest is, 22 teams, 1-1. One and one. That's not right, but I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, was like, I was going on a whim there. Let's look at some one-sentence previews, and we'll go back to Thursday Night Football almost a week ago, and New York Giants 29, Washington 30. Closer than expected, but Heineke et al. got it done. New England 25, New York Jets 6. New England were boring and efficient, and the Jets went full jest with Zach Wilson throwing four picks. Hard luck, Craig. Denver 23, Jacksonville 13. The Jags have bigger issues than this, but boy did those Josh Lambeau miss kicks hurt Jacksonville. Denver might not be perfect either, but they're 2-0. Buffalo 35, Miami 0. We suggested Buffalo might bounce back this week, but this was a blowout that no one was expecting after week one. San Francisco 17, Philadelphia 11. Not a huge amount of fun offence on display, but the Niners D benefit from Nick Bose's return to stifle the Eagles. Uh, LA Rams 24, Indianapolis... Uh, I'll do this every week. Indi LA Rams 27, Indianapolis 24. 
This one never felt as close as the final score suggested. Rams on top throughout. Houston 21, Cleveland 31. Cleveland just about got out of their own way in a win that should have been easier than it was. Las Vegas 26, Pittsburgh 17. The Steelers' D suffers multiple injuries and the Raiders take full advantage, even without any kind of a running game. Cincinnati 17, Chicago 20. Not sure what was better news for Chicago, getting the win or Andy Dalton getting injured. (laughs) New Orleans 7, Carolina 26. Sorry, Jameis, this one's on me for believing believing you might have changed. (laughs) Minnesota 33, Arizona 34. A back-and-forth slobber-knocker, which was ultimately decided by a classic Vikings last-minute missed field goal. Good slobber-knocker. Yeah. Atlanta 25, Tampa Bay 48. Some signs of an offence for the Falcons, but the Bucks are just scoring as many points as they want to right now. Barely a contest. Tennessee 33, Seattle 30. Painful defeat for Seattle, who threw away a big lead at halftime to a second-half resurgence led by Derek Henry, a potential season-altering 30 minutes for Tennessee. Dallas 20, LA Chargers 17. Less of a shootout than expected, but more down to poor individual offensive mistakes than quality defence. Dallas win one that no-one seemed to want to. Kansas City 35, Baltimore 36. Meh. Detroit 17, Green Bay 35. Detroit were in the lead of this one at half-time, and then they lost the second half 21-0. Ouch. Yeah, they just fell fell apart. And Well, are Green Bay back? Are Tennessee back? Um, We'll come to these things. Let's start with Green Bay, though. And, yeah, Monday Night Football, 35-17, as you say, and dominated that second half. But Aaron Jones, Rich... Um, he had a memento and he had a huge game obviously Uh, but tell us about that yeah massive game Um, four touchdowns I believe Uh, and also managed to lose his father's ashes in the end zone so (laughs) his father passed away during the off season and as a tribute to his father he used to come to all his games all the home games I believe Mm. Uh, he thought he'd wear his ashes uh, concealed in a locket uh, around his neck and of course, what happens to lockets around players' necks in the middle of, you know, touchdown runs and things like that? They tend to come off. So, yeah, apparently it has since been found, but that was uh, one of the more interesting stories of the day. <laughs> to be fair to Aaron, lockets do score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, uh, call me an old romantic, but I quite liked that. I think that was Ooh. quite touching. It's uh, if he If he wants to where a memento of his, his dad's ashes and that's the way he wants to pay tribute to him good for him do we uh, do like we, was it was it confirmed if the ashes were still in the locket when it was found <laughs> or, is, 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 or is it a bit of his dad now on lambeau field i presume he has more ashes so he just refill it every home game and oh, not worry enough. about it too much yeah, 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 maybe. i don't know but if 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 they get towards the end of the season if there's a snow game in lambeau um it could help with the grip <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, he did say something about his dad. His dad would have liked the fact that it came off in a touchdown run. But I do think there's an element of other players might start to get a bit weirded out by it. I would just yeah. just bring your own if you if you're worried about it. Um, just <laughs> your own parents' ashes, or My just dad's more, more of Aaron Jones's. <laughs> so just burn off a bit of his finger. 
<laughs> you can imagine he'll have, he'll have like a stall outside of Lambeau Field now, like selling bits of his dad's ashes to like spectators and stuff. It's just weird. Buy your buy your locket here. Buy your locket. They'll be on eBay before you know it. And how? But how? I mean, how do you know it's genuine? It could be any any dead guy's ashes that you could buy. Be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that they didn't just get ash from anywhere. Like, there's no people, but they're like, no, we've got to get some genuine human remains, <laughs> even if they're not genuinely his dad's. <laughs> oh, this has gone into a dark area. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to. I did want to say something about the Lions here, which is that they're one of those teams that looks like they might actually do a bit this year. And I don't mean make the playoffs. I mean scare a few teams because they've got something about them that feels like if they can just put it all together <clears throat> for the full sixty minutes, they could put someone in trouble. J- Jared Goff isn't as anemic as I thought he was going to be. Right, um, and the the way they. And it's funny, I mean, the first week one against the Niners, they were chasing a lost cause, really. And so the pressure was perhaps off. But that, that first half against Green Bay, they played quite well, um, I thought. And you know, they offensively, you know, they were toe-to-toe with the Packers for the first half. And they, they first drive, they scored, didn't they? And they, you know, they, kept, they kept in it. It was just, yeah, they, could, they couldn't, as you say, do it for do it for a whole game. And um, eventually the, the Packers' defence made a few plays. At one point in the first half, the commentator uttered the immortal line, oh, yes, his top two red zone targets, TJ Hawkinson and Quintus Cephas. And that is not a sentence you associate with a team finishing top half of their division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is an issue. Um, but... Yeah. I think you. I think you're right, Richard. They're going to be in in games, and they will get wins. I, d- I don't think they're not. They're not the one and sixteen team that a lot of people thought. And they do have some good pieces. I quite like Swift. Cephas actually looks half decent. Like he's not a bad receiver, and obviously Hawkinson's probably in that second tier of tight ends at the moment. Um, I, th- I don't know. I just everyone's sort of written them off because of the crazy head coach sort of press conference stuff but you sort of wonder <laughs> yeah. whether he might actually be just putting on a bit of a persona there i see I, I i think the other way for me it's like the fact that he's this like rah 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 fight 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 kind of guy i think that will take you a certain way and that will give you <clears throat> that will give you a certain amount of momentum and it will give you the siege mentality but they still lack the quality to to win a game over over four quarters and so proved here they probably had this this, you know, we're we're in Lambo and we're winning. Come on, guys, this is fucking brilliant. As soon as they go a couple of touchdowns down, they fall apart because they don't have the quality to get them over the line. And that's what I think is going to hurt them long term. I agree with that. And I'm definitely not suggesting that they're a an all-round decent team. I guess what, what I'm thinking is more, there's always those teams that make the playoffs that have a game or a couple of games where they just shit the bed against someone who's actually not very good. And the Lions feel like a team who are set up to take advantage of a team that comes in lazily, that's not ready to go. So surprise me, yeah. <laughs> what we're saying is, the day that a good team shits the bed, it'll be the Lions that they're facing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, High praise indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about how about the Packers, who we perhaps tongue in cheek although maybe not entirely tongue-in-cheek, 
mostly tongue in cheek, um, were being written off on this here podcast a week ago. Um, they did shit the bed um, in week one, uh, but they certainly did not last night. I know it's the Lions. Uh, let's um, but... not forget, they, they shit the bed to a team that then completely shat the bed in week two. This so, is this is early season September football, though. This is correct. what happens. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think we learned a huge amount by the fact that they managed to dominate a clearly not very good Lions team, considering what they what got handed to them by New Orleans in week one. Um, I, I I don't think this proves it either way. Yes, when you know clearly we said tongue in cheek last week that Aaron that Aaron Rodgers was finished. He doesn't overnight become a bad player. I still think, on the whole, the Packers aren't a particularly great team. Yeah, I don't. I think this kind of confirms what we thought pre-season that the Packers have a potential Super Bowl offense, but their defense—they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, which means that their secondary struggles and they're not stopping the run particularly well. That is a struggling to make it out of the conference defense. And when you combine those two things together, you might make the playoffs, but it feels like conference games a stretch. Maybe. I I think they, they're always that offence that can score big numbers. Um, and we see it both on the ground and in the air. Rodgers looked great again. There was a deep ball to Devontae Adams, which you think that no one, that third and long, that's three and out. No one's catching that. Suddenly um, the, the field switched and, and, and Adams has just caught the ball from nowhere. There was that touchdown throw to Tonyan, I think it was. Um, in sort of double or triple coverage, and you think how you you shouldn't be throwing that. That's that's a dangerous pass. And as soon as it's left his hand, there's only one guy catching it. <laughs> that sort of ball that only Aaron Rodgers throws. Um, and yeah, what, he's, what, he's what we don't know, that. what we don't know yet is who who the real Packers are. Is it that team that came out and looked incredible in the second half against the shit Detroit Lions, or was it the team that got their ass handed to them? And we're losing to that same shit Detroit Lions in the first half. It's you know I, I think they need to play some some good sides in the coming weeks to find out more. The advantage they have is that division, because I don't think there are strong enough teams there to, as long as they can get on some kind of run at some point. I don't see anyone else really challenging them. I love the fact that the Bears have sort of got to throw fields in early yes. because. They're just one of those teams that can sort of afford to do that to a certain extent. Um, and and I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I do, based on that second half in the Bears game, think he probably doesn't he doesn't look ready yet, but maybe this will be a bit of trial by fire and maybe it'll go well for him. I think it helps to have a defence that will get you the ball back. Also, um, it'll help him to get first-team reps, which he hasn't had yet. Right. So, um yeah, he's he's Andy Dalton's been the starter until this point. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's not Andy Dalton's not done serious damage. I don't think is what I'm hearing. Um, but he's not going to be back in a hurry. Um, so, it's, it's what a three or four week thing yeah. minimum. Yeah, I mean the job's there for Fields if he can win it. Right. Uh, if he if he comes in and plays well, um, with you know with a, a week's preparation as the starter, uh, he could win that job. And Not according feels... to Matt Nagy, but um, he listened to. <laughs> well, yeah, but they... I don't think Matt Nagy wants to have Fields getting ahead of himself. I think he wants to keep the pressure off and just say, "Look, you go out there, do what you can. We'll try and make it easy for you. And if you do well, you do well. But you know, you're not trying to win the job here, even though he'll be wanting to." Yeah, but at the end of the day, Dalton's not set a high bar. 
Right. Um, so, you know, what what does Fields have to do? I mean, he's 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 only got to look half decent, and the fans the fans are going to be calling for it. The media is going to be calling for it. It's going to be hard for Nagy to dig his heels in. I would think. I I think that the Bears right now, if they can go from if they can get to an even record by the halfway mark they could potentially pick up towards the end of the season and that might be where they put Green Bay under pressure but I think I I just don't think I can believe that Green Bay won't make the playoffs this year because every year for the last three I've said that they will struggle and every year they seem to do it anyway yeah I'm I'm, I'm with you um, the Titans I I mean I, I I was so so down a week ago um, I, <laughs> and at half time in this game <laughs> half time in this game I, I, it, it's so like we, we we last podcast it was almost so much of it is tongue in cheek like okay but we're, we're, we're trying to seriously work out if we should be overreacting to the nonsense that happens in week one and I'm looking at the Titans and I'm petrified about what I'm seeing and Everybody who watched it was every Titans fan who watched that game against the Cardinals is is looking at the most porous offensive line they've seen in years. And Tannehill, you know, the, one of the positives of that game was that Tannehill didn't get killed, and that, <laughs> that he was, you know, the the number of hits sacks he took, and the start of the Seahawks game. Now you, yeah, by halftime, I ju- I just thought right, I just wanted to see getting out of the game and looking better. And it's something you're like you build yourself up. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the Titans never get that much hype, but relative to them, there was quite a bit of hype. The Julio thing, you know, there's a team with ambition, a team that a lot of people think are going to work, going to win, or still might win the AFC South, um, could go deep in the playoffs. You know, Mark, we were talking about a Bills Titans AFC Championship game. Yeah, I see week one. I can't believe there's any way that's going to happen, or the Titans are going to win the division, even or even make the playoffs. Any or barely have a winning record based on what I saw. Having said, you know, halftime, two scores down in Seattle, there was one play where Roger Saffold came out injured and the backup guard came in immediately. Tannehill, the next play, Tannehill was strip-sacked and that was where the pressure came from, that side. And it was like, oh, here we go again. And I think I sent a message in the group, like, this This just looks awful. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. And, then, and Seattle had just scored a touchdown before that. And they punched the ball in almost immediately. So it's like bang, bang, two touchdowns. But either side of that, we'd actually looked okay. Uh, but it was such a body blow that I sort of ignored that. And okay, this, this is just how it's going to be this season, is it? Just a load of disappointment. And that, but then there was just, then there was some spirit. And there was, yeah, we had to help. We've got backup tackles by both, well, Questenbury is apparently a starting right tackle. And we've got Sam Brylo on the other side where the one would normally be. And Kendall Lamb, by the way, didn't feature really, and which was a blessing. But yeah, I mean, wide receivers helping, blocking, tight ends helping, and Derek Henry helping. And it just it just kind of worked. So we we'd seen what happened and made made some coaching adjustments, which I didn't think we had in us. And 530 something yards of offense was what you saw from the Titans and which yeah that that's going to win a lot more games than it loses and a defense that I was pretty worried about that actually sort of held its own Seattle only scored six points after halftime in that game um a couple of blown coverages and if it wasn't for those and if it wasn't for some questionable 
decisions like that Julio Jones touchdown, um, Titans actually could have comfortably won this game. Yeah, I was really impressed with the work Christian Fulton did up against DK Metcalf. Came out of the draft yeah. in what twenty twenty with a fairly positive rating, and yeah, he was looking above and beyond his years and experience against a really good receiver. And he didn't play much last year. He had a couple of niggles. He wasn't really a starter. Um, he's he's been thrown in. He's done really well. Massive positive. I want to ask whether the NFL is talking horseshit because I've seen people from official things saying that the Julio Jones toe tap heel heel slightly out thing or maybe not maybe not out can we really tell thing is true no so I... my my issue with this is not the decision in the end um because his, his heel may have been out in truth my issue is the fact that it was called a touchdown on the field and i don't think any angle or any still proves it either way quite frankly yeah, no, it's I one mean, of those I ones to where it... to win, and I still thought it was a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones where you can't quite tell boot white line. It's not high enough definition to see whether it's genuinely touching or not. No, and Julio um, stupidly wore bright red boots. I know they say this in jest, but if receivers wore white boots or even green boots, you you get some of those more would go your way. I would think. Just wear grass green boots the whole time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or in Atlanta, really ugly grey boots. <laughs> <laughs> But there were, there were, it wasn't just that decision. There were three or four that I mean, it, it, you can always make arguments. Is that you know nothing's ever that cut and dry. But there was a terrible ball spot um, that oh, yeah. inexplicably it was. <laughs> there was a meme comparing it to the Kevin Dyson one yard short catch because they looked very similar the way the, the players were reaching out. But um, how that isn't how that was was called a first down and it shouldn't have been. Um, beggar's belief and brave or not challenging by the way beggar belief mm. <laughs> and the, the and the, the safety in overtime i mean none of these things mattered as it turned out but there, there's some strange officiating going on i was so disappointed about that safety as, as a as a nfc west rival fan that would have been so entertaining if that had been the way that the uh the game had ended only ever happened three times in history in an overtime walk-off safety was how a game ended. And I bet you're more annoyed about it from that angle than the oh, fact yeah, that the yeah. Titans didn't win it on that. Yeah, but I mean, that play sealed it. Well, it didn't seal it, but it gave us... They were punting right. from just too short a snap in the back of their own end zone. We had perfect field position. And that, that really... You know, we, we'd have done very well not to win it from there. Although Randy Bullock did his best and nearly hit the upright mm-hmm. kick. Imagine if the safety had led to a scorigami. I mean, that would have just been peak. Oh, oh don't, don't. Adam wouldn't have been able to that. talk about anything else. <laughs> it would have been just the uh, cream freeze gift. Yeah, oh, just incredible, wouldn't it? All right. Um, other thing we touched on in week one. Um, we suggested that Philadelphia might have been interesting. Um, Rich, <laughs> as someone who would have watched week two... I assume their entire game against the Niners. Um, were we wrong? Uh, no, I don't think we were. It's it's a weird one because obviously people were raving about their offense, but we managed to keep that relatively quiet. Um, you know, a couple of minor things with our corners being not our main starting corners. Uh, but apart from that, I think... I think Hertz had like a hundred yards passing if you remove the ninety-one yard 
single pass that he had uh, against our rookie corner. Um, but the thing that got me was their defense looks genuinely quite scary. And I thought it was mostly just the defensive line that was going to be the thing that carried them this season. That defensive line is legitimate, but a lot of the rest of that defense looks very good as well. And I don't, I don't know that I think that the overall team there is good enough to, you know, go deep in the playoffs or anything, but I genuinely now believe that they could actually do something in the NFC East. Well, yeah, they anyway, lost Brandon yeah. Graham for the season with a torn Achilles, but his backup looks better than our starters, so I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> yeah, Graham, that's a Graham's massive... A big, he's a big loss for them. Yeah, that's big, a massive blow, because it's not just his play on the field, it's his personality around the locker room as well. He's he's known for being a massive, massive part of that team. Um, and obviously he'll be around there even when he's recovering, but yeah, that's that's a huge blow. But even so, they've, they've built huge depth on that line, and as, as Pat suggested, they their packups are very good as well. And I did enjoy the Josh Norman defensive pass interference masterclass. That was good for <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten he was there. Like, yeah, I think he had. Him, to be fair. We only signed him when Verrett went there. No, wait. He was before Verrett, but we had other injuries and we just brought him in as like veteran presence more than anything. Um, but yeah, he, he did particularly well to stay quiet after two early PI calls uh but yeah we we looked shocking on offense in the first half like we just couldn't get drives going uh lots of jimmy misfires it was jimmy looking like not really 100 percent sure what the hell's going on jimmy rather than you know confident jimmy that we had last week um but that drive just before the half seemed to settle him down in the second half shanahan basically gave him training wheels for the second half loads of plays that were easy screens short passes that kind of stuff and he, he did enough and also put his body on the line which i appreciate in terms of he several might get Trey Lansing quicker that way you'll <laughs> <laughs> get him in as a running back if it keeps going like that well yeah i mean at the moment we're we're a little bit short of them we seem to have signed someone from miami's practice squad maybe or the bengals practice squad which i'm you know great <laughs> worried about that I, it, you're you're getting close to Baltimore uh, with the the way you're going through running backs, which it it just seems standard for the Niners, and yeah. and actually it doesn't hurt them as much as it hurts other teams. But, yeah, uh, you, we've said we've said this before, like that a lot of the pieces on that Niners offense actually the way Shanahan does things, you can plug and play. You're not going to necessarily guys off the street, but you can you've got more flexibility than a lot of other teams would. Yeah, and some of those guys are coming back. Trey Sermon, well, I can only really call it an assault, um, means that he's now in the uh, in the um, concussion protocol, but hopefully he'll be back within a week or two. It looked pretty nasty, and he was basically laying motionless on the ground, face down for about three minutes before they cut away, and then by the time they come back, he was back on his feet. But yeah, didn't look good at all. Yeah, it was one of those fumbled because unconscious type jobs, wasn't it, really? Exactly. I hate yeah, yeah I it, hate that so much. And it was a, a very aggressive head dropped by the safety, deliberately launched himself at the running back to yeah. try and force a fun ball deal. Second man in targets. Yeah, I mean, yep. obviously a player's intention is never that, or generally, unless they're unhinged, but you've got to be sensible and... and 
yeah, that's right. just, it's just dangerous play ultimately. Yeah, pretty much. And and uh, Mitchell should be back in a a week or two. He's got a shoulder injury that they've said day to day. So hopefully we'll get at least our two rookies back sooner rather than later. And so for, Sermon, for the, Sermon's run looked good. The one the, run that he had before he got injured. So for <laughs> the benefit of my fantasy team, will Jermichael Hasty be starting next week? I th- oh, think he's steady. Don't be. Uh, don't be too. Uh, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Um, I don't think his injury. I think his is a more of a longer term injury, from what I can remember. Yeah, it's hard God. to keep track of all the Niners injuries. We can't expect. We just, can't expect. Mark, how does just it grab, every? Just grab from waivers whoever we happen to sign this week. He'll be plugged in and he'll get you, you know, eighty yards and a touchdown. Brilliant. All right, I'll do that. They're working out Duke Johnson. Enjoy that. Two yards carry. <laughs> oh, nice. I've always liked Duke Johnson, but yeah, a lot of. The NFL never did, clearly. Fantasy floor, three points. Fantasy ceiling, four points. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this isn't a fantasy football podcast. Um, Very much isn't. All right, then. Chiefs-Ravens game, Sunday night football. Let's go there. Um, Absolute porn fest of everything (laughs) that's watchable in the NFL. Absolutely love this game. Um, it's just two off. How can two offenses both be as exciting as they are oh. and be so different? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, just amazing, Pat! You've got notes on this. I do. It was it was a phenomenal game, a really phenomenal game. The big thing that stood out for me afterwards is like how much of the blame has gone to Clyde Edwards-Helaire for that one fumble. And how much of the blame has not gone to Pat Mahomes for that terrible interception, which was just as bad as the fumble. It was exactly the same level of turnover at exactly as an important a time. But he's perfect Pat Mahomes with his perfect stupid face. So he doesn't get the blame. They give it to the poor running back. <laughs> Couldn't agree more with that. That was that was a Jameis Winston sort of, I'm, I'm getting sacked. I'm just going to chuck the ball up in the air. It was, it was such a stupid thing to do because they were ahead by like two scores at that point. So take the sack and punt. If you're throwing it away and giving the interception, that is much more dangerous than taking a sack and punting. I think the coaching staff have to take some responsibility for that as well because he'd been being dragged down, I think, twice before he threw that one and both times had just sort of aimed a, you know, a last-ditch pass like that in the general well, direction of a more And one was an intentional grounding, receiver. hadn't they? Yeah, there right. was one that had done not that long before when, that. When you're There's in that position, to... though, you've got to take you've got to take that responsibility in your shoulders and say, just take the sack. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, my point is, I think they're both equally culpable because once you've seen your player do that several times, you've got to say to him, just just take the sack right now. We just need to play, keep the ball. These guys are dangerous. Like, I'd, we'd rather have you know field position than risking turnovers I'll throw, I'll throw it away situational like, football he's, he's not even throwing right. it away it's just it's a level of I think there's a level of arrogance there yeah that he just and thinks it, whatever I do it's the incredible receivers that they've got but there's a time and a place for it and two scores up against a team as dangerous as the Ravens is definitely not it I mean it, it does seem an odd thing to do to criticise Patrick Mahomes but I, I agree if that doesn't have, that doesn't happen they don't lose that game simple as that oh yeah I, it's it's a great game, and I also think there's an element with this stuff that it's very easy to start throwing blame around rather than just accepting that it's an amazing game of football, and sometimes weird sure, shit sure. happens in those games. And that yeah. that that that's harsh on Baltimore, who 
I probably underestimated after what felt like a, they're perhaps unlucky to lose in in Vegas in week one. Um, weren't and I'm not saying they were, they were poor by any means, far from it. Um, but boy, did they bounce back from that. And some of that, some of some of them, their play offensively, and it's just most of it's on the ground. But you never know where it's coming from, and like certain certain teams you watch, and you think, yeah, I've a pretty fair idea what's coming here. Like, um, depending on the situation, or you look at you sort of look at the personnel of the formation, as as defenses will do, as defensive coordinators, defensive play callers will do. You look at look at team and think, right? A fair idea what's coming here with that Baltimore offense. I've got no idea. But that's the thing that's fascinating for me is that last year everyone seemed to. They just didn't seem to be able to get those chunk plays, those clever, smart things that they'd had the previous year. And this year they've almost seemed to have gone back to that. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is watching the battle in that division between the Browns and Baltimore Ravens after the last two weeks of of football, because both of those teams have gone toe to toe with the Chiefs. And yeah, the Browns didn't win it, but it was just as tight as this one. Yeah, Baltimore's biggest weakness on offense is the fact they've basically got two receivers that they trust in Andrews and uh, Marquise Brown. And then Sammy Watkins kept putting the ball on the floor. Maybe Terrace Marshall stepping up as a rookie, but... Watkins actually did okay in their first game. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting when you really study their offensive line when they're trying to... when they're doing all, all their like, different schemes on run. And just to watch the way that the the offensive line causes so much misdirection and indecisiveness amongst the defences to like even like which way the play is going to go based on the way that they are motion. It's it's a fucking brilliant scheming and really really good coaching. I still don't think that the Ravens will go far into the playoffs because I, I think they lack skill positions, but whilst they're able to run the ball as effectively as that, they they are going to give a lot of teams a good game. Terrace Marshall is stepping up as a rookie, but he's stepping up as a rookie for Carolina, so it's not helping the Ravens very much. I was thinking of Bateman <laughs> on IR. <laughs> I like how we he's all went, yeah, yeah, yeah. got away with that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody would have known. I knew. No, our intelligent listeners would have done, I'm sure, um, who Who's we respect. That? Yes, we do. They're brilliant. <laughs> I also love the um the, the the Williams fumble into the end zone that almost gets smashed the ball back and ha- happens to go straight to Duvernay for the touchdown. Love that like it almost felt like the Ravens yeah. deserved that little bit of luck. Could have gone anywhere, could have gone easily if it lands in the hand of a chief that's gone the other way for 100 yards for a touchdown the other way. So to land perfectly in his hands to and to tie up straight after the Lamar Jackson pick six you almost felt that that was a really, really massive turning point, the way that that fell into their laps. I love that. that the second because... play of the game, something like that, the pick six. Yes. So... Yeah, after, after he... That's... First throw, he overthrew his receiver by about 10 yards when he was clear. Second throw, pick six, and he thought, this isn't going to be a good day for Lamar Jackson. But he <laughs> managed, to, managed to turn it around when he started running, Craig. But oh. Mark, the um, the thing the thing that you mentioned, the, uh, the, the weird fumble catch um, touchdown... It, he didn't. He didn't miss a beat. Which is like, okay, cool. This is, it just looked like he'd expected it to go that way. It was almost like he, like when I at first watch, I thought he'd almost like tried to hand it off to him. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, 
And but then no no it has just been smashed out of your hand and happened to land in that guy's like like he knew it was going to happen it was magical fair yeah. play <laughs> but that that you jest about Lamar but I look at like how once they got it going the Ravens I just I just I'm in awe I don't know how you stop that but you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that you you know it's going to be on the ground. Yeah, he's too, um, he's too good. But they, you can't but they stop can, him. but they can. The thing is that because they, because he can, let's be clear, Lamar can throw the ball. Yeah, um, he, he might have had a he might have had a bad opening to that game, um, but the fact that he can means that you can't. It's so hard to prepare to face that. Yeah, definitely. He genuinely like incredibly dual threat. Can can throw the ball and is not as good, I don't think, as throwing the ball as 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 some quarterbacks. Not a lot, but some quarterbacks are but is better than the vast majority of running backs at running the ball. I remember the one run he had in the game where he duped in and out of about four or five players to make a 40-yard run. It was incredible. And it, it and it's almost like even if you want to stop it and you think you're pretty good at stopping it, you just can't. He's that much better at running than, than anybody else on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know at this point whether it's as much to do with a lack of route running receiving weapons as it is to do with it just his own personal skill set but his own personal skill set gets the job done so who cares frankly yeah yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more i think um they know their strengths they know where they're weak um and they've schemed a plan to utilize those strengths and more power to them why not imagine following a team that had strengths <laughs> <laughs> just a, just another quick thing that I always appreciate, and you, it happened a couple of times in that in that game on Sunday, was where the main camera guy is following the wrong man. Yes, and I, I, I really enjoy that, and you, you, it just shows how good the deception is. Yeah, I think there are a couple in those where I literally was looking at the wrong thing, realised that the cameraman had been fooled, but I'd been equally just like, <laughs> oh, wait, the well, you trust, you there. trust the camera and right. where it's going, don't you, as a viewer? It's just in instinct, um, but it's not always right. But there you go. Um, just to touch on quickly, a another barnstorming game in the desert and that Vikings-Cardinals game. Although a lot of the points were early, and it came down to a, a missed field goal rather than a, a successful oh. one at, at the end, which you never like to see. See, you know, I mean, for like, for Blair Walsh, for all the others that they have, it's, I mean, oh God, just the, the, the Vikings need to work out how to stop getting in their own way because they're probably two plays away, two or three plays away from being two and oh this season and somehow their own two having not looked that bad and you've like, Make the, they, you're coming up against a quarterback in Kyler Murray who looks electric at the moment, just looks so exciting to watch. And they should have won. And yet they they don't make the kick. And I don't know what it is about the Vikings, whether, but my God, you've got some, you've got an incredible running back. You've got some decent receiving weapons. You've got Kirk Cousins who can do a, always do a reasonable job but they just find ways to lose games ridiculously. Yeah. Uh, th this, this brings us nicely into what we're not going to actually have that much time to talk about. I thought we, I thought we might have a discussion about the two and O teams, you know, which ones are, are kind of false 
which two and O teams we think might not make the playoffs, or should we say the worst two and O team? Let's try and pick one, um, and then the O and two teams, which ones are going to do all right and might be in in the mix of the playoffs? You know, I'd I'd argue that the Vikings are probably yeah. as strong as any of the any of the O and two teams. Um, they shouldn't have lost either game, really. Correct. They they are as strong as some of the two and O teams. Okay, so let's let's look at this. The two and O teams are the Raiders, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the 49ers. Now, the NFC West we've we've kind of talked about last week. Um, I think we did. Um, the yeah, it's the best division in football by a country mile. I think that they are four incredibly strong outfits in that division. Um, and you've got three teams at two and zero, and should um, be four teams. Could have been could easily be really four, right? four teams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got the Buccaneers, who I don't think anybody is is questioning uh, by any, by any means. They've just won the Super Bowl. Um, they don't look like they've missed a beat at all. Uh, we've and then we've got two AFC West teams that I suppose the Raiders and the Broncos. The Broncos have had, you might argue, a couple of easy games. I don't want to say it too loud, Pat. Um, the Giants and the Jags, they're two road games. Um, I mean, should the should the Jags have put should the Jags have got a result against Denver? Um, am I being am I being harsh? I I kind of expected more from them, if I'm honest. The Broncos are legit. They've got a really good defense. They've got a decent combination of running attack, and they've got a lot of good receivers and a very reliable quarterback. The biggest weakness is maybe offensive line. So I was expecting to get heavily beaten by the Broncos. I was surprised it was close as it was. And I think 2-0 and doesn't flatter them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs. I'm with okay. Pat. From those three, I think the Broncos are the one team that's really impressed me. The Raiders flattered to deceived last season. I think this is what's happening again. I, I could see them going to six and two and then ending they've up. They've beaten the Ravens like, and the Steelers. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm not having it. I, I'm not having it. I think that we've like they've looked offensively very, very strong against against Baltimore, and they've done what the the Bills can solely failed to do. And yes, the Steelers picked up some injuries in that game, including T.J. Watt, but they made the Steelers' defense look ordinary. Um, in that game, they they had their way with them, and that's no mean feat to to do that against that defense. I I think I think the Ra- the Raiders look very very strong so far, but I do take your point. They they did last year too. I was going to say that's that's my issue is, you know, week five last year they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, it, it, there's always these results from the Raiders where you think, oh, maybe this maybe something's happening there. This could be exciting, and then. You know, three weeks later, they've lost three on the trot to average teams. I just, I'm not buying it. It's nothing to do with what they've done so far. It's just what we've seen from them over the last couple of seasons. I just don't trust them. Yeah, of of that list of 2-0 teams, the Raiders are my biggest concern. And that's largely down to what Mark said in his one-sentence review, their their lack of running game, the injury to Josh Jacobs. That's going to really hinder them against some teams. The one team that I'm fascinated by out of those three more than the others is the Panthers because of Big Face Sam. I genuinely am intrigued to see whether he can turn around his NFL career there and actually do something. And I'm not saying he will, 
but I'm sort of in it's one of those is the gaze effect as big as we think it is kind of questions. It would appear, it would appear to be you put someone uh, put put reasonable quarterback in positive scenario and they look all right rather than being toxic scenario where coaching is dreadful. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at this from the Jets' point of view as well, and how with how poor a start Zach Wilson has had, <laughs> and I, I, I just I feel awful because I mean I, we'd said this, and I, I, I'm not sure, I don't I don't think Craig agrees, but um, do why do you make that trade when you've got a pick that high up um, and you can get such value f- for that pick potentially when you've got a quarterback. The, I don't know. I I actually genuinely they obviously didn't think, think they even, did. But even even if you think you want a quarterback, even if you want to take Zach Wilson, what they got for Darnold, I don't think makes it worth it. You could have started Darnold this season and eased Wilson in, or you start, or you keep Darnold, see what he's got, and use that pick in another way. And you, you know, if if he bombs, you've got a, probably a high pick next year. I don't know. It just. It's it might be knee jerk given what we've seen from Wilson, um, and it, yeah, if, Will, if Wilson comes every, good, it's fine. But you know, every everything about the Wilson performance reminded me of when the Bills started Nate Peterson a couple of weeks, a couple of years ago, and he threw I think five interceptions and a half against the Chargers and was never heard of again. Yeah, but he wasn't. And, he wasn't the second pick in the draft. So no, but it was like, but what, what does that tell you about someone who's second pick in the draft putting in a similar performance? It just um, says that he's going to be given more opportunities to I, turn it I, around. I, I think that he, <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, he's, yeah. or will be given more opportunities to bury himself even further. I just, I don't know. There's it, it, something about the Jets just consistently seems to produce performances of this nature. Um, and the, 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 the Patriots didn't even need to be good to beat them. And I don't, I don't like think that. the Patriots are good. They were they were they were efficient. They weren't exciting to watch in any way. Um, it, Matt Jones was you know it was little dink dunk passes, except for a couple of like a, a couple of decent chunk plays. But it was nothing to get you out of seat. But it was more than enough. I like the oh. fact Peterman is so not heard of again. Mark Golden Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you can't understate is how important your supporting cast is. So. Darnold's gone into a position where if you're even in a modicum of trouble, you throw it within five yards of Christian McCaffrey, who catches it and takes it eight to 20 yards. Yeah. You don't have that sort of bailout factor in New York. And um, that just keeps the chains moving. But that's that's exactly what, annoyingly, to give Craig some credit, he said is that he doesn't see this as a, we're going to do lots this season. This is a try and bed in your rookie quarterback, try and get some systems in places, try and build a foundation year and sure, I, if that's I, I all they're all doing that, now that, and they, that, form, that formula could have worked the same way with with sam darnold i completely agree with you on that um i i was similarly suggesting that the jets should have traded back and got an absolute king's ransom in picks but yeah because you know. what better way to bed in a quarterback than with no receives and no decent running game yeah i've used this example before and i'll use it again but um, the Titans having the first overall pick in 2016, instead of taking Jared Goff, um, traded for a whole host of picks, including Derek Henry, um, for example. Um, and yeah, there's there's the, a big list of names um, that y- you can take and be in better shape um, than a potentially flawed quarterback. 
it's it just I, I sort of seem feel like I lose faith every year with information <laughs> about college prospects uh, and everything that you think that the teams know about how good these guys are until we until you see them in the NFL. Um, I I don't think we'll even know with this one until three or four seasons from now anyway because he could be he could be fucking dreadful <coughs> Josh Allen for two seasons <laughs> and then suddenly pick up. That no that of course that, that that's that's true we don't we don't know it's only two weeks um but it's easy to it's easy to go down that that road of thinking it's easy to look like a rookie rabbit in the headlights against a Bill Belichick defense that is true that's true I, I would give him that um Belichick relishes <laughs> those sort of situations and he, as, will, he will literally take candy from a baby as you and as you saw in the build-up as soon as he started praising josh allen in the run-up to the game saying how good he thought his skill set was you knew he was in big trouble <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sort of saying yeah if he was in my hands um i could that, that's what he's saying isn't it like, oh i could i could make something of this guy but i'm going to show you how how not to you can't yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Owen, Owen, two teams then. The Jets, we've just talked about. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the Jags, the Giants, the Vikings, the Lions and the Falcons. Um, the Lions, we've also talked about, as as we have the Vikings, who, yeah, should not be Owen, two. The Indianapolis Colts are one that stick out. Now, I think Carson Wentz was a strange move. A lot of us thought that. Um, it's, a, it's a gamble. <laughs> Um, Carson Wentz has two sprained ankles. ankles. (laughs) How do you do that? That's just so impressive. Apparently different types of sprain. Um, They're not the same sprain in in each. (laughs) Um, I uh, kudos to full 10 yards uh, with their tweet yesterday of I'm just surprised it wasn't three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like... Literally everyone in who knows anything about the NFL could see this coming. Yep. I don't I don't understand why you would put yourself in that situation and not have a good like backup option because you know he's probably gonna get injured. I I Nate who we we know who does the Un American football show, massive Colts fan, um, he'll listen to this and he he will scream to anyone who'll listen. We should have got Matt Stafford. <laughs> I I completely with him. Um, the Colts with Matt Stafford would be formidable, um, or or quite a lot of other people, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it's just it's. I, I'm not going to say it's a shame because it's the Indianapolis Colts, but you know you <laughs> look at the rest. You look at that defense and that O line. Um, they deserve better. This, this is a team that a lot of people thought were deep playoff bound when you look at the strength of the roster. and But that was all predicated on fit Carson Wentz turning up and being being decent fit Carson Wentz. And um, yeah, he's like he's never going to be any more than broken ever again. I wonder whether the Colts make a relatively early season trade like the Carson Palmer trade years ago. That just to try and bring in a QB from a team that's clearly struggling and not going to make the playoffs. You've got to wonder if they're putting a call to Cam at some stage as well, just to see kick right. the tires there. It's got to be worth a worth a well worth a gamble ahead of Eason. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. How about the Jags, Pat? Are there any hope of 
something better than what you've seen so far in the future. The I've near downgraded future, my five or six win season to a three or four win season, and I haven't seen anything in the first two games to uh, push that in the other direction. Um, we're using the running game very strangely. James Robinson had less carries than both of Denver's lead running backs in the last game, and they're trying to do play-action passing without starting a running game. So people are getting blown up eight yards behind the line of scrimmage because no one's buying the play-action because they aren't running the ball. So the play-calling doesn't make sense, and it particularly doesn't make sense for a rookie quarterback who you're trying to give an easy ride. And, yeah, I, I don't... I have less faith with each passing play that I see. Do you buy Urban Meyer's thing that he came out and said today, yesterday, of give us time, we know it's not working right now, but we're getting something set up for for later in the season? I put less blame and concern on Urban Meyer than the average Jags fan, I think. There's a camp of, we don't want this college idiot in our club who had decided to hate him before they even saw a snap. And so everything that's happening now is just proving that they were right all along. And I'm, I'm not buying that. I think he does need two or three seasons. You know, he's coached winning teams. And you don't do that by a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, any that we haven't mentioned that have any sort of hope of something bigger? I'm looking down the list and I don't really see it. The Giants and the Falcons are probably the other teams we haven't talked about. Um, nah, they're both shit. They're playing well. They're playing each other this week. Um, <laughs> oh, they'll both lose. <laughs> um, well, with that that in mind, shall we look ahead to week three uh, in detail? And let's start with Carolina at Houston. Whilst I can't quite believe it, the Texans are going to miss Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Should be the perfect chance for a Panthers 3-0 start. Indianapolis at Tennessee. Both of these teams are expected to threaten the playoff spots, but both have struggled so far. So this feels like a huge game. I'm not even sure if Wentz injuring both ankles uh, hurts or helps Indy. Atlanta at New York Giants. <laughs> After what we just said, good news, one of these teams is going to get a win. <laughs> LA Chargers at Kansas City. The Chargers absolutely killed themselves with penalties in week two. They cannot afford to do that if they want to hang with the Chiefs. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Still not sure just how good either of these teams are yet. Fancy the Bengals, though, to nick a close one. Chicago at Cleveland. Cleveland are living up to the hype, so they have to be favourites here, but all eyes will be on fields if he gets his first NFL start. Baltimore at Detroit. I'm expecting Baltimore to have an unprecedented four separate hundred-yard rushes in this game. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans at New England. Absolute classic primetime game five years ago. Now it's just somewhere in the octobox and barely gets any airtime. Arizona at Jacksonville. The Cardinals have looked electric so far this season. The Jaguars, let's just say less so. Washington at Buffalo. Mark Rippon versus Jim Kelly in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Yes, please. Unlike back then, though, this will be a Buffalo win. New York Jets at Denver. New York showed some signers of life in the second half last week, but Denver will have too much for a Jets team that's really just looking for some shoots of recovery. Miami at Las Vegas. 
Can Miami bounce back from laying an egg at home against the Bills, or can the Raiders stay undefeated in top of the division? I'm taking the Raiders. Seattle at Minneapolis. Minneapolis? <laughs> it's a miracle. Seattle at St. Paul? No. Seattle at Minnesota. Uh, the best 0-2 team in the NFL tries to get back on track against the Hawks, still trying to work out how they managed to lose their last game. I don't know what my brain did. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay at LA Rams. Stat time. LA will be the seventh different city that Tom Brady has played in against the Rams. Green Bay at San Francisco. Jekyll and Hyde from Rogers et al. so far. Nine is collapsing with injuries again. I expect Green Bay to win it. Uh, finally, Philadelphia at Dallas. We said the Eagles would be one of the worst teams in football, but so far they're showing some fight. Hopefully we'll see more of that in Dallas. Ideally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. There we go. One census previews for week three. Um, yeah, that's some tasty games again. Um, there's big call, by the way. Cincy to nick it in Pittsburgh. I yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, offensively, um, Steelers aren't looking anything exciting at all, really. And I don't know. I just fancy Burrow and Chase and that exciting run game to to do enough. Yeah, they're, they're, there's signs of life there, aren't there? We haven't yeah, really yeah. talked about the Bengals, but you know, they're the long sapper podcast. We'll just go <laughs> off on. You, you never know what we'll talk about. Yeah. All right, it's uh, before we get into AOB, uh, you weren't here, Pat, last week. Um, so we obviously missed the best feature of the show. Um, so let's bring it in right now. Ooh, horrible. Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. Bye to let wankers. <laughs> 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 all right any any other business um mark why don't you start uh, i had to put up a trampoline this weekend for, <laughs> for for my children and uh they have the, their one that they had broke right at the start of um, the pandemic and obviously i couldn't get a trampoline for love nor money after that so managed to finally get one and try to put it up it says it takes two hours for two adults to put up and there's even a very handy video where there's two lovely people um showing you how easy it is to um to do over 18 minutes they managed to put up this trampoline without arguing with each other once so i assume that the reality is that it takes 18 minutes to put up uh, this trampoline because the other hour and 40 minutes is spent arguing with your partner and wondering why you had the ever bothered to have the fucking kids in the first place um it's <laughs> the worst one of the worst experiences of my entire life is this so, like uh, jamie's 15 minute meals <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, i was watching these people and like this like you know sometimes when you see someone in a video or in an advert and because they're like they just look like a smug prick you hate them I, I hated these people to the very core of my being with how easy they were finding to put up this uh, this trampoline. And, um, yeah, they need to go and get in the seat. There's no way those people are even parents. They're no, just... no, absolutely not. No. Um, were, did, were, was it worth it? Um, <laughs> uh, annoyingly, yes. They've, um, <laughs> they've, since it's been up, they've they've loved it. So, yeah, great. But still, fucking trampolines, dreadful thing. 
I, I always think of that Simpsons episode where um, there's Homer sees the advert for a free trampoline. <laughs> trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can't get rid of it. <laughs> like, whatever he tries, he can't get rid of it. AOB. I need a little bit of uh, context for this. So I live in an end terrace or a semi-detached if you want to add 50 grand to the house price um and i was scrubbing our path because the slabs have got a little bit kind of uh slimy uh over the over the summer and as i was getting to the bottom our neighbor popped her head out of the uh upstairs window upstairs and say Oh, I'd love to see a man on his hands and knees there, Patrick. It's just like, I don't know, is, 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 is this flirting? Um, I don't know how to respond to this. Our next door neighbour is a approximately 60-year-old multiple grandmother. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know how to deal with that being heckled at me as I was uh, scrubbing my paths earlier on. I would take it as a compliment. Mm. Yeah, She wanted her path scrubbed. Mm. <laughs> uh, Rich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, you think you haven't seen that though? What she's like? She might be. She might be. No, just the just the very idea of Mark scrubbing anyone's path. <laughs> like nothing better um, than a sixty-year-old granny, granny on her hands and knees. Oh, we can put up my trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, I, I've had. I thought I got away with it this summer. I've just had the late summer infestation of fruit flies. Fuck fruit flies. They're a pointless, shitty animal and they can all go to hell. Agreed. Quite a lot of them have during this podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with shit animals in September and like insects and crap like that? It's just such a bad time of year. Is there anything worse at the moment? Because, you know, you all know that I hate spiders quite as much as I do. But there's nothing worse than having to take out your bin out the front with all the cobwebs that there are around the bit that you have to hold. It's just, you know, I feel like I'm putting my hand into a nest of spiders. It's horrible. Fuck off, September. You <laughs> dreadful, dreadful month. Yeah, grip. <laughs> are the spiders bigger than you? I don't care. They can still kill you. Honestly. No, they can't. Yes, they can. I've, <laughs> I've just got the image of Mark being the guy in Flash Gordon when he has to put his hand into that thing and get stung by the... Uh... <laughs> by, by the, the deadly beast in there except it's just a tiny spider that's cowering in the corner yeah they're, they're, they're bad enough there was a very early long snap at aob from like right when we started doing this about you hating spiders yeah. it might have been like the first time i ever came on yeah um, awful, and awful awful things and <laughs> yeah. um, i'm gonna finish off and tell you about my stint as a linesman at the weekend now <laughs> i've been looking forward to this <laughs> um so my son plays for where under 11s obviously last year he played for where under 10s now the under 10s teams are seven aside and the under 11s teams are nine aside which is which is good it becomes a bit more it's on a bigger pitch it's a bit more like real football uh, but for the first time it introduces the offside rule um so how it works at that level is they a referee is provided. You get a referee, that's normal. Um, and But the linesmen are one parent from each team um, does the job. That's how it works. And you, to, I don't know how this makes it fair, but this is what they do. You officiate your own team's defence. And then at halftime, you move round with your team and 
run the other half of the pitch. I've, yeah, we so as linesmen run half the pitch opposite sides. I think we all football fans will know that. Um, so first half, I, I I would like to say I did an exemplary job um, of the whole thing, regardless uh, throughout the whole game. For a second. No, thank you. And um, I rightly gave one of the opposition players offside, uh, who must have been at least a yard off when the ball was played. He then put the ball into the net and the referee saw my flag, gave the offside correctly. And none of the 10, 11 year olds from the opposition complained. They were like, okay, it's offside. Get on with the game, free kick. The opposition coach then gave me a disgusting earful at the top of his voice. The sort of thing that you would get on the terraces. Uh, I was going to say Premier League game, any, any level um, where you just get, Oi, Lino, there's no way that's offside! Um, pretty aggressively um, from the other end of the pitch where he would have had no view of it whatsoever. Um, I turned around and said, you've got a better angle there, have you? Um, which made the coach of our team laugh. I presume at that point he turned around and went, oh, yeah, that's a fair point. No, he didn't. At that point, he then <laughs> he then later whinged about a throw-on decision, um, looking my way, um, that was his end of the pitch rather than mine. Um, but And the se- second half, he got onto the ref's back. The second half, I was the other side of the pitch. Um, but it was, it was disgusting behaviour. It was aggressive. He didn't swear. That was the only th- only redeeming thing I could possibly say. Um, but coaching a team full of brilliantly behaved, really nice kids, um, and to just be that abhorrent really left a horrible taste. And more well, what was quite nice was the fact that we won the game and came back from two one down to win three two with very late goals in what I would actually describe as Fergie time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I do, I do wonder whether time. the referee um, allowed a bit more time as a sort of up yours to the coach because <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, a guy in his sort of fifties, sixties uh, was not impressed. <laughs> we say. How, how quickly after the third goal did he blow his whistle? <laughs> it wasn't long. It wasn't Brilliant. long at all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Coaches like that have absolutely no place in the game. I used to. It's much better now than it was, say, like late 90s um, when I I used to referee youth football and the coaches and the spectators a lot of the time were abhorrent when it came to this type of thing. They would come on the pitch, they would shout abuse, they would shout abuse at their own team and the other team a lot of the time. Um, it It was horrendous. And it's much, much better now with the with the introduction of things like the respect banner, but there are still an awful lot of coaches out there that do themselves no favours at all and should be reported to the FA, have absolutely no no way that they should be in the game, especially coaching youth football. And he was he was so aggressive to the point where I thought I'm thinking to myself, is he is he gonna approach me in the car park about it afterwards? Like yeah. it, it was that it was that severe. And yeah. It's, what the, it's, ref, what it's the referee kids, should do. Kids are playing, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's like we're not talking about a Premier League game that he's that he's a, like coaching here. He's not going to lose his job if the team doesn't win. It's just it, it's a disgrace, and yeah, it's coaches like that should be there should be sanctions for them. 
I have a question. Did you flag the offside when the pass was made or when the kid had put the ball in the net? I flagged the offside when the kid was about to do something with the football. So when he was relevant to the play, which was, it, it was very obvious. There was nothing that possibly wrong with the decision. It wasn't like, oh, could I have, I, I sort of immediately thought to myself, oh, could I have interpreted that wrongly? Or, you know, was there something that I missed? And it, it just couldn't have been more clear cut. Not that that would be any excuse, by the way. No, no. You know, I, I could have, yeah. I could have made an incorrect decision, and his behaviour yeah. would still have been unacceptable. Because, because chances are, Adam, you've probably not had a huge amount of referee training. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll for t- someone, I'll, I'll tell you what my training was. Um, it was high, high to. The, I had a bit of a chat with the ref at the start, and he was, he was like, "Oh yeah, the flags. I've put the flags over there if you want to grab one." Um, yeah, you've watched football, right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. left back. <laughs> yeah. By the way, right. you do your own. You do your own defence because if it was the other way around, there would be no offsides in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, I, the flags I, would never go up ever. <laughs> I ran the line at a Saturday football game once, having been subbed at half time, and I cannot think of something I would want to do less in any sporting arena after having done it once. It was it was the most thankless, shitty task. Yeah. I was. Just, spent half the time I, I, I've, got I actually, no idea. I've got no I, idea it was the second time i've done it i actually quite enjoyed it in well, a i can way. imagine you enjoying it adam <laughs> i do <laughs> I, I don't mind person I, that should do a refereeing course i don't mind it either <laughs> and the, the, the stupid thing is that that coach can piss and moan as much as he likes but without those dad volunteers to do it the game doesn't go ahead right so he's expecting someone to give up his time to come and do this and then he's going to abuse them for being that person just like such a dick move yeah, this is right along the same line as Film Farm Bet's AOB. We got Film Farm Bet. Uh, yeah, I, I, that I was listening to that, and it very yeah very similar lines. I mean, if you hadn't heard the All Over podcast this week, um, well, frankly, what you're doing, but yeah, Phil had a switch uh, this off. <laughs> yeah, <immediately laughs> I would give it a right now. In fact, delete it. Don't listen to the rest. Just go yeah. straight to the end of the. Go back in time. Get rid of the last hour. <laughs> and listen to that instead. <laughs> uh, it, he was saying how yeah, he's a he does some of the, the coaching with his, uh, his kids' rugby club, and yeah, the, which again is a thankless task. And um, and parents who moaned at him for ending the session, no, not moaned at him, moaned to the club about him ending a session ten minutes late that they brought their kids fifteen minutes late for the arrival time, and thinking to himself, no, I want to give them give them an hour they deserve it they pay uh, he's taking extra time out of his own life to give the kids a bit more coaching because they turned up late down to their parents and then their parents complaining about it um just it's (laughs) the general public (laughs) (laughs) subhuman scum yeah um uh, i i as soon as you, yeah, I was listening to that, just feeling angry on Phil's behalf. And someone's willing, very fancy someone being willing to give you free childcare for an extra 10 minutes and try and impart some knowledge on your children. What a fucking terrible human being he must be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that was what that was, I think Russ said, you know, the there's the sort of parents who take their kids to something like that and then just go and sit in the car yeah, in, sit in, in the, the car park and lead them to it or, yeah, near his pub or whatever. Um, but yeah, some some people. <laughs> this country. 
Um, I should probably do us for another week. What do you think? Um, I mean, yeah. we should probably mention that the Superdome's on fire. Oh, okay. is it really? Is it? Yeah. There's quite oh, a large so... fire on the roof. Oh. oh and that's after them not having their first home game due to Hurricane Ida. Um, yeah. Originated in the kitchen, apparently. The kit. <laughs> The kitchen in the Superdome. <laughs> is it just like my kitchen? Of the Superdome? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's hope they can sort that out. Um, I, oh, one thing I was going to throw at you. Russell Wilson had a... Why, why he's doing this, I don't know. He had a novel way to fix overtime games. I don't know if this is just because he lost. Um, but, in fact, it can't be because he, he doesn't like ties. Um, so he wants... Get this. So if it's all square at the end of overtime, rather than a tie... And because they can't handle ties, is you toss a coin and the winner of the coin toss decides whether that team or the other team will attempt a field goal from the 35-yard line, being a sort of 50-odd-yard 50, 50 field goal. And they can choose who takes it and whoever takes it, you make the kick, you win the game, you miss it, you lose the game. I guess it's a convoluted penalty shootout type thing. Um, what, do you, what do you think? There's nothing wrong with ties. Stop being dicks about it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ties ties are one of my favourite things about the NFL because it annoys most American fans and because <laughs> sometimes you watch a game and you don't believe either side deserves to win it. Yeah. And and if they've gone, if it's all square after 10 minutes of overtime, then that's probably a reasonable conclusion to come to. What's, and what's, what's so wrong with teams having the same score? There's literally nothing wrong with it. Such a British attitude, Mark. I know. It's like, you know, it's fine. I maybe I'm asking the wrong people, um, but yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But it, it doesn't, it does, it messes with people's OCD. Well, I, I tell you what, America, don't make the season 17 games long if you're worried about people's OCD. Um, I wasn't planning that. There we go. That's a little bit of a extra nonsense um yeah i hope they put the fire out in the superdome but, good luck um are the saints at home uh no they're not there you go bit of luck they've got a week longer to put the fire out i don't i don't think they've been planning to play any games there for another couple of weeks had they definitely as well definitely won't be now they won't, they won't be <laughs> right <laughs> better see if uh tiaa bank field is available again for the foreseeable i mean it doesn't have a home team playing games in it at the moment so <laughs> Well, at least at least they can uh, get some ticket revenue. All I suspect they don't get to keep that. Uh, oh, we're digressing. I'm trying to end this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. We respect you. I've just seen some week two PFF grades which should largely seem to be a good indication of how well a player's played. Um, the best performances in week two, Zach Martin, 95.5, Ryan Tannehill, 92.6, um, Aaron Donald, 92.1. Um, the second best QB in the list, 91.3, Daniel Jones. And apparently well, that's the best that's... number for a Giants quarterback since 2012. Says we need to know about PFF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced by their grading. The more I see it, <laughs> I, I, I'm now not convinced by any of it. 
it's something <laughs> I used to actually quite respect, particularly about linemen and things that you don't not necessarily paying that much attention to. The problem is PFF is like um, defensive stats. It sort of depends on who's actually doing the like sat there looking at all of the different things. Yeah. Um, and and some of those people are naturally biased towards their teams against certain other teams, all that kind of stuff. So you just end up with some weird grades sometimes. I don't like it. Not a fan. 